On the edge of the Black Forest, somewhere between Russia and Poland, and occasionally Germany, is a small Jewish village called Helm. Eighty or so houses, more chickens than people. The village is a community of laughter and love. Arguments, complaints, reconciliations, more complaints. Yes, there are problems. As wise Rabbi Kibbutz says, well, what would life be without problems? It might be nice for a little while. Welcome to Izzy Abramson's The Village Life. I'm your host, Mark Binder, and I'm glad to be here. In the village and all Jewish communities, the highest holy days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur happen every year. Rosh Hashanah celebrates the new year, and ten days later Yom Kippur is the day of repentance. During those ten days, a lot can happen. A few more things you might need to know. Reb is the Yiddish word for mister. Shul is another word for the synagogue, the place of worship. A rabbi is a wise man, often a teacher. Yes, there are wise women, but they don't brag as much. There are actually two rabbis in the village, old Rabbi Kibitz and Rabbi Johann Abrams, the schoolteacher and mashkiach, which is the word for the guy who makes sure everything is kosher. And now, Izzy Abramson's The Village Life presents A Better Place. The day after Rosh Hashanah, a delegation of citizens knocked on the door to Rabbi Kibitz's study. Happy New Year, Rabbi, said Reb Cohen the tailor. We have a problem, said Reb Cantor the merchant and the wealthiest man in the village of Helm. We're tired of Helm, said Reb Gold the cobbler. It's gotten too small. We need to grow, and we need a new place to grow. It's boring here, chirped in young David Gold before his father could hush him up. Now, for those of you who don't know, Helm was a very small village filled with wise men and women. It had a synagogue with a social hall, one restaurant, a tiny yeshiva, the school, and a small main street circling the round village square. On the holiday of Purim, every citizen of Helm would join hands and dance in the round square in front of the synagogue, and they could all fit. Everyone knew everyone else's business. When Muddle, the baker's apprentice, dropped a wedding cake, the rabbi knew almost before the cake hit the floor. Only two roads led into Helm, the Smyrna Road, which went to the nearby town of Smyrna, and the Great Circular Road, which was such a long road that no one had ever gone all the way down it. Rabbi Kibitz stroked his beard and asked Mrs. Hypool to join the meeting. So, Hana, what do you think? Mrs. Hypool, who ran the restaurant, sat in a chair and crinkled her nose. Every day, I see the same customers. They all want the same food. If I decide to serve pea soup on Wednesdays instead of Thursdays, everyone complains. Most of you have lived in Helm your whole lives. Perhaps it is time we should see another part of the world. 
Rabbi Kibitz stroked his beard and said, Let's put it to a vote. That evening, the villagers gathered in the synagogue's social hall. They listened to Reb Cantor explain the economic reasons to move. They listened to Reb Gold describe all the wonderful new people they would meet. Reb Kimmelman and his young wife Leah stepped forward. Reb Kimmelman had once traveled all the way to Jerusalem, and Leah had been born in faraway Morocco. Helm is beautiful, Leah said, her husband translating. But it is only one corner of an immense tapestry. It is a new year, so we should have a new beginning. A new year, nodded some in the crowd. A new beginning, others agreed. Because the people of Helm enjoyed a good argument, the debate continued for hours. They talked about selling their houses, but decided that would take too long. They discussed packing. Husbands groaned as the list of necessities grew, and everyone prayed that their horses wouldn't all die of heart attacks. Where should they go? That was an important question. They needed to find a new village to move to, one that was as nice as Helm, but offered more opportunities. It shouldn't be too small. It should be clean with a river nearby. Reb Kimmelman had traveled the Smyrna Road all the way to Jerusalem and back, and he said that all the villages he had passed along the way were already occupied. So, reasoned Rabbi Johann Abrams, the mashkiach and head of the yeshiva, we must take the great circular road. A whisper rippled through the crowd. No one knew where the great circular road led. There were rumors that it wound straight into a haunted part of the Black Forest, the Schwarzwald. Other tales suggested that it circled the entire world. The fact was, anyone from Helm who set out along the great circular road had always gotten tired of the journey and turned back to Helm. For a moment there was doubt. Perhaps Helm was not so bad. Maybe they shouldn't move. Then something wonderful happened. The silent man said, Nonsense! Everyone in Helm gasped. The silent man never spoke. Well, almost never. He had been quiet for so long that even his wife didn't remember his name. He's right, said Reb Gold. When Moses led his people from Egypt, did they hesitate and say, Wait a second, we don't know where we're going. No, they trusted, they moved, and they prospered. A cheer went up, and at last it seemed that everyone was in complete agreement. Rabbi Kibitz called, All in favor of moving? A forest of hands rose high to the ceiling. All opposed? One hand lifted. Martin Levitsky, the synagogue's janitor and caretaker, rose from his chair and said, Someone needs to take care of the synagogue. I like it here, Nechelm, and I don't mind staying. You all go on. I'll be fine. The very next day, the village was chaotic with bustle. Everyone wanted to celebrate the holiest of holy days in their new home, so it was important to find a new place to live before Yom Kippur. At last, the bags were packed, the wagons loaded, and enough food had been prepared to make the journey a nice and nutritious picnic. 
On the third morning after Rosh Hashanah, Reb Levitsky and his wife Chaya stood in front of the synagogue and waved as the small parade of wagons and horses set out on the way to the great circular road. The husband and wife said a blessing after their departed neighbors, and then they danced together in the street, rejoicing at the unheard of peace and quiet. Life on the road was not easy. Their feet grew tired, their horses balked, the wagon wheels squeaked. They stopped for lunch three times on the first day alone, and when it rained in the evening, everyone got miserable and wet. Hardship is a part of travel, said Reb Kimmelman, who had clearly forgotten how rotten it felt to sleep on damp dirt. The next day, when the sun came out, everyone's mood brightened. Perhaps, they all thought, we will find our new home today. It was not to be. The great circular road didn't lead into the haunted part of the Black Forest, but it was one of the most boring and empty roads anyone had ever traveled. It went straight, curving a little bit to the right, seemingly forever. Every so often, there was a side road leading off to the left, but never a crossroads. However, after a day's travel, they came across a caravan's footprints. Aha, everyone said. Other people have gone this way. We must be going in the right direction. Sure enough, the further they traveled along the great circular road, the more footprints they encountered. They even found campsites at regular intervals. The great circular road must be a very busy place, said Reb Cohen. Travelers from far and wide journey along it. I wonder why haven't we seen anyone else? asked young David Cohen. Hush, said his mother, who was very irritable at having to sleep on rocks and straw every night. But David Gold's words haunted the people formerly from Helm. After days of traveling, Rabbi Kibitz called a conference. Yom Kippur is almost upon us said the rabbi. We need to find a synagogue. And a place to take a bath, grumbled Mrs. Haipool. Our supplies are running low, said Reb Stein, the baker. What about those turn-off roads on the left? asked Esther Gold. We don't know where they lead, said her husband. The great circular road is crowded with travelers, but those roads seem deserted. At last, the weary pilgrims agreed to journey for one more day after the Sabbath and then take the next road they came to. This was the slowest day of all. Every new step was harder than the one before. The hope of a new and better life, which had once burned like a bright torch, now flickered like a fragile and sputtering candle stub. Finally, as it was growing dark, they came upon yet another turn-off to the left, and the villagers, resigned that they had not found the hoped-for new village, left the great circular road. Not long afterwards, they came to the edge of a small village. It's got a river, said Reb Stein. There are some nice-looking houses, too, said Reb Gold. And a beautiful synagogue said Rabbi Kibitz, raising his hands high in thanks to heaven. But where is everybody? said young David Gold. Indeed, the houses were empty, the roads were deserted. 
Then the door to the synagogue cracked open, and a man's head peeked out. Can I help you? said the man. Who lives here? asked Rabbi Kibitz. No one, said the man. All of my friends and neighbors left in search of a better place, in a better place than this. A better place than this? snorted Mrs. Chaipool. Why, it's a beautiful village. Actually, said Rabbi Kibitz, we are looking for a village to live in ourselves. Well, you're welcome to live here, said the man. It'll be nice to have some company. My wife and I have gotten a little lonely. What do you call this place? asked Rabbi Johann Abrams, wondering if they had perhaps traveled all the way to the promised land. We used to call it Helm, said the man. Helm? said Rabbi Kibitz. Why, we are from another village named Helm. The man opened the door to the synagogue wider. Why, you look just like my old rabbi, Rabbi Kibitz. And you, said the rabbi, you look just like my good friend, Martin Levitsky. The two men embraced with joy on the steps. In minutes, the caravan disbanded as each villager ran in search of the house that looked almost exactly like the homes they had left. It's a little dusty, said Esther Gold to her husband, but it's very cozy and warm. I'm glad we decided to move here. Joshua Gold kissed his wife. But isn't this the same helm that we left? asks young David. As the silent man said, Nonsense, answered his father. We left Helm because we were no longer happy there. We traveled for days in search of a better place. And how wonderful it is to find it at last. The End We hope you enjoyed listening to A Better Place. If you did, we know you'll enjoy reading and listening to all the books in Izzy Abramson's The Village Life series. Look for A Village Romance, Winter Blessings, The Village Twins, and more. You can purchase these, at reasonable prices, wherever books and audiobooks are sold. Also, please take a moment to help us spread the word. Tell your friends, family, and even your enemies by posting and sharing on social media. As Mrs. Chaipul often says, the village life is like rye bread. You don't need to be Jewish to enjoy the flavor. Sign up for the newsletter at izzyabe.com for exclusive stories and news about book signings and performance tour dates. That's izzyabe.com. Izzy Abramson's The Village Life is produced by Light Publications. Narration by Mark Binder. Music by Fischl Bresler. Occasional harmonica by Izzy Abramson. Audio engineering by Stephen Brendan. Recorded at Pembroke Villa Studios in Providence. This work is copyright 2021 by Mark Binder and Izzy Abramson. All rights reserved. Thank you very much for listening. Have an excellent day.